fine, but like I probably could have thought about something in advance, but they did also didn't give me an opportunity. So whatever. Are we talking we, about AI? Because you question have an AI about question. AI. Sure, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the question you cannot really avoid. You cannot avoid yeah. it. No, we have to talk about AI. It's like oh, I love it. No, <laughs> no, I just haven't gathered my thoughts on it. So we'll see how you ask me the question, and then we'll see if I can do something succinct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to start with something a little sure. easier, though. Yeah. Uh, so can you just tell us about who you are and sure. what you do? Okay. Um, well, my name is Julie McCann. Uh, I'm a journalism professor and a co-coordinator here in the journalism program at Algonquin College. We're honored to have you here today. Oh. <laughs> Thank you so much. And <laughs> can you just tell us a bit about your experience in the journalism industry before you joined the Algonquin College as a professor? Sure. Um so I've actually been teaching at Algonquin College for 20 years. So um, where will I? Okay. Um, before I became a full-time professor, I was um, a staff writer at a, a business magazine. I was a managing editor at a travel magazine. And uh, I was a staff writer reporter at a um, business magazine, another business magazine. So I, I was working in magazines at that time. And so long form, um, some editing, and I continued to do that while I taught here for a long time. So they, these things overlap, um, but my background is in definitely words and editing and writing and reporting. There we go. Do you still do any like editorial work mm -hmm. in future? Yeah, I haven't. Um, Pre-pandemic, I was doing a lot more freelancing, like generally in the low times, so spring and summer. I always sort of had contracts, and I intend to continue to do that. It's just, you know, life's been a little kooky since uh, the pandemic period when things got lively here at the college. So, yeah, no, I have, I, I'm, I don't feel like I'm done. Like, I, re I do enjoy writing. Um, I'm not doing the kind of, you know, I'm not doing investigative reporting or biz big business pieces, but um, because in the last bunch of years I was either writing about journalism issues or – um, I worked in the women's sector, so at women's magazines and in parenting magazines. So that was here at the college, so, yeah. And how did the journalism industry shift pre to post-pandemic? And it's, it's a really good question, Guillaume. What, is it the pandemic that shifted? This is a shift that started far before the pandemic. It expedited a lot of things. Just, it's, you know, everything about the shifts, you know, we have this whole kind of storm of many things that have been coming together. There's the technology piece. That started 20 years ago or, or more, right? There's nothing new about that part. Um, it's the business model has changed a lot. And a lot of it has to do with uh, advertising, just the way media companies make money. So um, it, it's just the just a big question. The pandemic expedited some things because it, it affected the way, we'll be you know, not gross about it, but the way consumers shop. So the way they, they get advertising. And so that would change the way the, the companies that own media outlets make their money. And so what happens externally obviously affects what we, what we teach. The, the skills that our journalism students need to learn, that we know the market wants from them. Um, you know, our, our folks were incredibly employable. They are incredibly employable. It's just that the giant world that wraps around us is is trying to figure itself out. There's a lot of change going on. Okay, that's great. Speaking of which, where do you think the industry is heading towards? In the sense that, you know, there are a lot of rumors, people saying that it's a dying industry. 
what would you want to say to them? Oh. So, you know, uh, I'm, uh, let me begin by saying right at the gate, I'm very, very hopeful. You know, we can't have a functioning uh, democratic society without journalism. So is the business model that supports journalism changing right now? It is. But I have a lot of, um, a lot of time, a lot of hope, and I take a lot of, um, I spend a lot of time looking at what independent new uh, models of um, journalism and news production are doing. They are hopeful and energized. So for sure, legacy media, um, the big names, is trying to figure itself out. And in all of these factors we talked about, changing business models, I think you know, we are going to talk in a bit about AI, um, changing technologies, changing consumer needs, just the global challenges that are happening around the world that can make news feel like a bummer and people want to avoid it. So there's a lot of challenges facing um, journalism, but but it it's uh, it's required, right? Folks require accurate uh, news and information about their communities and each other, or bad things happen. <laughs> so um, there's enough sort of new startups and players and people who who are trying things in new ways and it's working, that um, makes me feel very hopeful about the future. So on the other side, what made you want to get into teaching? Mm, the teaching piece. I, I, was, I really, really like writing. I really like interviewing and reporting like what you guys are doing now. But um, I don't know, what, what, what does one call oneself? I'm not... Um, I'm not an introvert and I'm not an extrovert. I was sort of lonesome at home. I was a freelance, I was a self-employed for the latter part of my full-time career. I was working for myself and I did enjoy that. It's really fun having different work clients and all that stuff. But being at home alone on your butt and writing for me temperamentally didn't suit. So I um, had an opportunity just to teach a class and I was like, oh, this is super fun. I really like people. I joke that like I was a camp counselor during you know my undergrad, and um, that was pretty great. This kind of felt like that, <laughs> so like it's just super fun. Like it's super. I'm I'm really energized by teaching. I mean, you do bring a bit of an energy to the classroom. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Thanks, guys. <laughs> For sure. I'm just curious, like in the future, because you just mentioned AI mm. and. Is this something that you guys would want to include in the future curriculum? I don't think we can't. Like, I think we'll have to. I mean, we, you know, we, I think in our class, we played with it. You know, we did one little assignment with it. I think, you know, are we going to have to better, you know, sort of figure out how to embed it in the, the, in our courses and assignments? I think so. I think it's an unknown and uh, it, it can be scary, but it can also be a really useful tool. Like we spend a lot of time. You know, next week, for instance, there's a next week. Yeah, next week there's a Canadian press seminar that a bunch of us are, are teaching to go to. It's about how to use how to use AI with Canadian press uh, for headline writing. Um, it sounds great, though. So we were sort of going to road test it for all of you and see if it's something that uh, we can look into. But like we're all taking courses and seminars and things right now to try to figure out best practices. One of the things that's really obvious about AI right now is a lot of newsrooms. You know, you might have seen them this fall putting out their AI statements. Okay, you're never going to read a story that's, um, that uses AI where we don't declare it. Here is how we're using it right now. And, you know, like silly things in terms of spell checking. And, um, and, and, I, and it's funny, you know, we, you, the Algonquin Times publishes 
um, a newsletter every, every week or so. And within MailChimp, there's a really powerful AI subject line headline tool that, you know, you tell it. I wish you guys could all see it because, you know, Alex, your, your, your newsletter editor will see it. But you, you, you'll, it'll, you, what, what sort of tone would you like for your subject line for your headlines? Do you want them to be friendly? Do you want them to be assertive? Do you want them to be playful? And it will recommend with your keywords how to best phrase it. So it at once is spooky and strange, but you can also see how it suggests ideas that you may not have thought of. So um, that's a really long answer to say, yes, AI is and will have to be embedded in the curriculum. We don't really know yet how, because we're all sort of learning and playing with it. Um, but I think the best way is to be curious about it, not to be afraid of it, and for us all to keep talking about it. Thank you. You're welcome. And lastly, I, I kind of want to just talk about one of the biggest opticals facing Canadian journalism nowadays, the Bill C-18. <laughs> oh, C-18. Yeah, it's something we cannot avoid talking about, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you feel like it's kind of affecting the industry? Like, does it affect you or like mm. your way of teaching or mm. in any way? Yeah, what a good question. C-18 is a funny one in, in, in that, you know, it, it was it's a very well-meaning bill in in. <laughs> And how it's playing out, uh, it's, it's again divisive, right? Because you have sort of a certain segment of the population. So often it's the legacy brands, the big brands, who um, had sort of signed on for the initiative. They don't really like how it's playing out, but they've got their own sort of arrangements. But it's the smaller, independent, digital-only startups that um, are really struggling. And, and as everybody is sort of hanging back right now, because we're all waiting to see what's going to happen with Google, Right, so we had the Facebook and the Meta or the Meta player, and now we've got the Google piece coming up. I forget what the deadline is coming up in December, right? To see whether or not there's going to be news barred from search in Google, which is a whole, whole other can of worms, right? What that would mean for a news outlet. So I'm, I'm trying to be curious. I'm trying, I know in terms of taking sides, not taking sides. I'm, I'm an educator, so I'm trying to be a neutral observer. I can see all the different perspectives. Now, going back to what I said earlier, though, I do spend a lot of time uh, sort of watching smaller independent news outlets. They are far less pro C18. They have been hurt by C18. And so I do empathize a lot with what they're trying to do and the way this is not helpful. It was meant to be helpful. It's currently not. So um, there's just some, I mean, recently, am I reading it this weekend? There was some discussion about whether there's still some hope that there could be you know, some kind of, not necessarily a pullback, but a softening from the federal perspective where they would um, find a way to still, like in terms of use, because everyone looks to Australia, if you're following what happened with Australia, they, they still hold to the spirit of wanting to protect, but they have sort of realized they need to offer, this is the, their federal government, need to loosen up to allow uh, the big um, metas <laughs> to do what they need to do. So it's a little, it's a collaboration. How can we both find a way uh, through the problem? Yeah, there's got to be some middle ground somewhere. Exactly. Can we have some middle ground where we can all just move forward here and do what we need to do? So on a different, more personal note, mm. aside from writing, mm -hmm. what is your favorite part about journalism? Oh, um, I'm like, well, like, I'd love to ask you two these questions. I just, I love stories, <laughs> right? Like I, I love to read. I, I originally had started in radio, actually, at my co-op in high school. I thought, oh, I want to go into 
radio broadcasting. So I love to, I love that the intimacy of podcasts, like what you're doing right now, and you hear the stories in your ear. I love long form where you're just falling into the stories of other people. We joke, but it's what we all talk about. Like I'm super nosy. (laughs) 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 So it just allows me to, to climb in. Now I am not an ambulance chasing quick hit breaking news person. Like anybody else, I follow it and I see it, but I love, I'm always like, you kind of, when a news event happens, one can't live this way, but I almost crave, okay, I can't wait for seven days from now when I can have a takeout piece or an, an analysis piece that looks back on this event in a contextual way. So that's my favorite part. <laughs> you like the more detailed stuff. I do. I do. Slower. Okay. Slower. <laughs> do you have any advice for any future possible journalists? Hmm. Um, I think it, my advice is to stay open and curious and just to read and listen and watch a lot. I think, um, you know, especially for journalism students, poor, um, poor things like I'm patting you on the heads, but like you got a lot <laughs> on your plate. You're really busy, right? And um, there can be an urge when you step away from class to um, as any of us, maybe to, to not want to read news or be with news because you think, oh, I need a break. But it's actually really energizing to spend time with with great quality news, whether you're li- and, and long form, and it doesn't have to be just grim breaking news, but you know, journalism and, and stories of all kinds, nonfiction. Where we are, but um, yeah, I would say my advice is just to stay open, but like just read a lot, listen a lot. Yeah, for, for if you can find a way to make it pleasurable, because it can take practice, I do appreciate that. Um, yeah, it, it'll really serve you well in the long run. Is there anything we haven't asked you about or anything you would like to talk about that we haven't discussed? I think these were some great questions. The two of you have uh, a nice rapport. I've loved some of the segues and transitions. Um, no, I think from my perspective, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. And is not that not the mark of a great interview? <laughs> I've had fun. I hope you have as well. I think that's going to be it for today. Yeah. <laughs> Julie, thank you so much for joining us, Julie. With pleasure. Thanks, Ming. Thanks, Ming. Yeah.